Hallelujah. Oh, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, God, that you know my name. Hallelujah. Uh, the Word told us that he would give us power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Uh, he told us we could take up uh, all the things that would come against us and, and we would be all right. Uh, but he said, in those things don't rejoice. Rejoice in the fact that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Aren't you glad that he knows your name tonight, that it is there and you have hope? Hallelujah. I love you and I thank you, God. You're so good, Jesus. Amen. I am glad to be in church on this Wednesday night, aren't you? Amen. Sister Preston, it's good to see you able to be here tonight. Amen. Thanking God for his healing touch and, and uh, that you're all right. Amen. I am thankful to know the Lord and I am thankful that he knows us and that and we have people that pray for us and call on our, our name to him. Amen. Call our name out in prayer. And so we're grateful and thankful that you're able to be here and, and better tonight. And uh, we're going to pray and ask God to help us here in all things. We want to pray, obviously continue to pray for Sister Preston, that the Lord would give her complete healing. And uh, praying for Sister Judy Gardner. Sister Judy fell on uh, Sunday afternoon, evening at her home and and unfortunately so, hit her head, broke her hip, and had to have surgery on Monday up in Indianapolis. So pray for her as she uh, uh, will find herself in rehab here in the next couple days here in Bloomington as they move her back. Um, so lift up Sister Judy Gardner. I've talked with her, she's doing well and, and uh, just facing some issues here that she's got to deal with. Also, Brother Leroy, we love Brother Leroy, don't we? Um, Brother Leroy had a heart attack on Monday, and um, unfortunately so, uh, he has struggled greatly. He is presently uh, uh, still on ventilator at this particular point, and uh, they're not sure everything, what's going on. They tried to bring him off ventilator today. He, he kind of struggled with it, and they had to sedate him again, put him back uh, under on ventilator. And so they're gonna try a little more progression tomorrow. He's got some other complications from his heart and in his body that's all working against him right now. And uh, so we need to lift up Brother Leroy, Sister March, he's there at the hospital with him. But nonetheless, uh, just, just desperately needs a touch of the Lord uh, for him to pull out of this and pull through this. And so we know God. Oh, thank God we know him, amen. And we know that he is well able. And so there are many people that are sick, many people that need the touch of God, many people that need a touch in their mind tonight. And so would you pray with me? Why don't you take somebody by the hand, put your arm around them, whatever's appropriate at this moment. Just let's pray together in the name of Jesus, knowing you, God, is sufficient enough. But we're so thankful, God, that not only do, can we know you and do we know you, but we can call on you and you hear us. And we know that you care. And, and I pray for every person here, every need, every mind, everybody that's struggling in their mind. I, I pray help them. I pray for Sister Preston that you would continue to perform a miracle in her, a divine happening of the Holy Ghost. And I pray for Sister Judy Gardner that you would touch her right now and heal her. I thank you, God, that you are the healer of every disease. And, and Lord, we know that you're going to heal her of all these things that she's dealing with. And Brother Leroy, right now, Sister Marchie, we know that you're going to touch him and we're believing, God, for your divine, divine power to overshadow him right now and heal him. 
and touch his heart, his body, his kidneys, everything about him, his valves, everything, God, that, that needs touched about him. Lord, you're well able, and we trust in you. Every person here tonight, God, we agree together in the name of Jesus, knowing, Lord, that we can call on your name and you hear us, and you promise to be here when we praise you, and you promise to never leave us nor forsake us. And so, Father, I pray in your name tonight. I rest in the assurance of your word. I rest in your blood tonight. I rest in the life that you have given us, Lord, that you are alive, you have resurrected, you have overcome death, hell, and the grave. Lord, you are victorious over sin. You are victorious over shame. You have conquered all things, Lord. And we love you and we trust you and we believe this night and always, God, to God be the glory, to God be the praise. I worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we believe. In Jesus' name we hope. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Everyone say that name, Jesus. Aren't you glad that you know the name of Jesus tonight? Ah, he is wonderful. He is wonderful. In Jesus' name, praise God. We'll continue to pray for these people and believe that God will be glorified in all things. Amen. 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 Uh, this Sunday, uh, we'll be having registrations open for the banquet coming up on December the 17th in the evening, late afternoon, evening. And we'll give you more details about that, but be sure and mark that date, reserve that date, December the 17th, Sunday, our Christmas Sunday here taking place that morning, uh, but that afternoon as we have done and we will do our banquet together at Whipper Will Mill facility. And we'll have all the address and information for you. It's going to be a great time. And uh, we're looking forward to that. Tonight, following church, men, if you could help us to uh, put up the tables and the chairs after service over in the gym. Uh, Sister Sarah will be over there to tell you what tables to leave up. And uh, if you could help us get that done real quick, the more that we're all together doing it, the quicker we get it done. So help us put the tables and chairs up. Would you welcome somebody nearby and say hello to them and bless them and encourage them? Amen. So glad for all our guests, everyone here. It's good to be together in church. He knows my name. He knows my name. He knows my name. He knows my name. And I am his own. He knows my name. He knows my name. He knows my name. And I am his own. Sing it with me one more time. And he knows my name. He knows my name. He knows my name, and I am his own. Thank you, Lord. The book of Colossians, the third chapter. Thank you for being in church, and thank you for standing. Thank you for worshiping. Amen. I'm a firm believer 
and you know this by how I speak and the things I say, I am a firm believer, a strong advocate for practical Christianity. Amen. I, I am not taken, nor, am I, uh, I, uh, nor do I buy into sensational Christianity. Right. Um, that's just my personal opinion. I recognize there may be some that differ with me. But I believe in practical Christianity and not sensationalism. Sensationalism rides the wave, and it, once it gets done with that wave, it looks for the next wave to ride. Right, right, right. Sensationalism wants it to be in the rhythm or the routine or the beat of, of whatever uh, fad or fashion it might be, whatever energy might be bought into. Right, right. Um, while that has its place, and I'm not trying to discredit that, you can't live on that. Right. You can't live can't live spiritually from camp meeting to camp meeting or conference to conference or uh, some sensational energy of a song or an emotion. That's it. That's it. That will not sustain us. Um, but you can live on uh, the bread of life every day. Just waking up and determining you're going to look at Jesus. And you're going to live for him. Because that circumvents our feelings. If I am living for God because he is God and he is righteous and good and sovereign, it will circumvent the way that I feel and firmly affix my faith in the fact that he is. Right. Not in what I'm feeling. Right. Not in my emotions or the good day or the bad day. That's practical Christianity. Getting up every day and breaking the bread. That's Getting up right. every day and praying. Living for God faithfully. Doing your best you can. And when you falter and fail, you get up and you try to do it again. Amen. You try to do the right things. I want to live for God that way. Because in a time and a culture and a season that often buys into sensationalism, oh Lord, help us to see the constant that oh, God yes. is oh, and yes. faithfully serve him because he is just good Amen. and he is God and we have our reward in him. Amen. And so I'm going to talk some about that tonight and, and uh, hopefully you'll understand these things as we go along. As to the Lord, I'm going to talk about Colossians, the third chapter and the 17th verse. And let me read all the way down through the final verse of the chapter. And, and whatsoever you do in word, or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh not with eye servants as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. Let's talk about as to the Lord. Lord, I love you and I thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that it is gracious, it is merciful, it is life. And I thank you, Lord, that you brought us together here tonight again, that we might hear your word, that we might be sustained by it, that we might live by it, that we might love it. And I thank you, God, that you love us. And so I pray in your name, Father, that you would speak to every heart and every mind, every life through me, anoint me and anoint this people. And thank you, God that we're privileged to be together again here in Jesus' name. Amen. Let the church say amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Amen. Uh, when God passed, let the church say amen. amen. When God passed judgment, 
the judgment that he would destroy man by the flood that would follow in Genesis. It was not just, um, it was not just for the actions of humanity that brought the judgment of God, but as well as the actions, it was also, it was also the thoughts that resided in their heart as well that brought the judgment of God. Look at this, if you would, in Genesis. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Um, the wickedness of man that was great in the earth was first found in the evil thoughts that were in their hearts. Uh, the things, in other words, the things they imagined, uh, the things that uh, they thought about, dwelt on, created, concocted in their mind, ultimately found found their way to the surface and became the words and ultimately the actions of their lives. It first began in the thought, and then it became the word, and then it became the action of their life. God in his omniscience, he seemed past the product, the product of it, uh, to where it was first produced, the mind, the heart. You see this? It was not just the ultimate acting on, on, what, they were, uh, on what was being done in the earth that brought the judgment of God, the flood, uh, but it was the, also the thoughts that were evil continually. Uh, the truth is, he still sees the same way this day. He, he sees past it all. He, he knows. He, in the quiet places of our thinking where no one else knows, God does. He knows the thoughts in my heart. He knows the thoughts in your mind. And that's why the Word gave us understanding that His Word is the discerner of the thought and the intent of the heart. It goes beyond the flesh to the very soul, to the very joint marrow, to, to, to the deepest recesses of our life. Our imaginations, in other words, that feed on the carnal food of this world that, that serve to us on a fast and continual basis through content and through media and through information that obviously knows little restraint. It does not stop, and so it's constantly fed to us, and we are constantly consuming it to a certain capacity. Right. Uh, no one else really knows what, what's going on up in our minds. Amen? I would like to think that every time we have church, everybody's listening. Right. I would like, <laughs> why are you laughing about? Um, I would like to think that everybody, everybody's tuned in, dialed in, hearing everything I got to say, and, and, uh, but I also know that that would be a miracle. Um, I see some of you nod off, drift off, looking around, checking around. I, you know, I have the perspective of the pulpit, you see those kind of things, and and so I hope I can get, get to just somebody. Nobody really knows what's going on up in here. No, we don't. We don't know what each other's thinking. We really don't. Uh, nobody knows what's going on in our heart. But God does. He knows. He sees past my flesh. He sees past my thoughts. He sees past, uh, sees past everything that we portray. But in time... If those thoughts, if they're not corralled and, and corrected, those thoughts can find their way to the surface. And they ultimately become the words and the actions that define and, and ultimately display our life. Right. For as a man thinketh in his heart, look at this, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. As we think, so we are and, and, and become. We become the product of where our mind spends a time. Uh, I, I could not... I couldn't stress this enough. Our, our life ultimately becomes the product of where we spend the most time. Yes. 
of what we think on the most, of what we, of what we cultivate in our mind. That, I couldn't stress it enough, especially in, in the day that, that we are finding ourselves in. And to the younger people in the sound of my voice tonight, um, you, are, you are more uh, exposed to it than an older generation was exposed to it at your particular time in life. You are, you are uh, subjected to things that we were not subjected to. And, and so it has to be determined in your mind where your thoughts are going to be placed and what you're going to think about. And it's not just reserved for the young. It's, it's for every one of us in this place because now we are so connected in so many ways in such a capacity that we can never, and the truth of the matter is, everybody hear me, we're not going to escape it. And so we have to learn how to navigate it. And we have to talk about it. We have to talk about these things. Everybody okay here tonight? We have to talk about what our kids are seeing online. We have to talk about what they're being exposed to at a very early age. We have to deal with these things because the world is not going to deal with it. The world is going to justify it. But the church has to be that voice. We have to be our voices in our lives and others' lives to where they know the way by which they must go and live. And so, um, as we think, we become. And then little by little, as we think, it doesn't just stop with our thought process. It goes to our words. Uh, the words tell the tale. Our talk reveals what's taking up the space in our, in our right. thought process. Right. Oh, generation of vipers, this is what Christ said. How long, how can you being, being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Right. It is, it's the pattern of the fallen nature. You can look at it through the word. It's the pattern of the fallen nature of man that follows. First the thoughts, then the words, and then ultimately the actions. It always goes in that pattern, the thought, the words, the actions. But it is, is as well, it's the, pattern, it's the pattern that the saved and the sanctified follow, or should follow, the thoughts, the words, the actions. For you and I, the believer, that's what should be in our life. We should follow the thoughts that are godly, speak the words that are godly, and have actions in our life that are godly. The difference is found in the course correction. The direction being different. The desire with the help of the Holy Ghost making the change. The key, everybody hear me right now, the key is the Holy Ghost. The answer to the equation is found by and through the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost makes it. it, it, We need the regenerative power and presence of the Holy Ghost in our life to make a difference. Everybody hear me on this right now. We cannot skirt the issue Uh, In in churches, we cannot skirt the issue in this church. There is still the necessity of the repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And it cannot be that we, uh, we think we can suffice with just one or just two. We need the three coupled together. Amen. We need repentance in our life. We need baptism in our life. And we need the infilling of the Holy Ghost in our life. Amen. Many have said, I, I, I can't do it, I, I can't change, I can't live for him. On our own, I, I will agree with you, that is true. By our own means and limited intelligence, it's an uphill climb at best. But when we are filled with the Holy Ghost, we are not comfortless and we are not powerless. We have God working in us and with us and through us. I believe that. It's the Holy Ghost that quickens us. It's the Holy Ghost 
that regenerates us. It's the Holy Ghost that resurrects us and revives us. It's the Holy Ghost that pulls us back and tries our reins. Everybody in the sound of my voice and outside the sound of my voice need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If we are going to live for God victoriously, if we're going to overcome in this world, uh, younger adults in this place, if you are going to be victorious in your life, not presently, just presently, but should the Lord tarry in the future, you need the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will make the difference. Fighting our flesh and sin on our own, uh, it, we will fail. But when God is for us, who can be against us? Do you understand that verse? When we have the Holy Ghost in us, God is for us. And if he's in my life, if, I, if the indwelling of the Spirit's happening, then who can be against me? Who can be against you? It doesn't matter what the enemy, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, neither height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When I have the Holy Ghost, when you have the Holy Ghost, God is for us not against us, enabling us, teaching us. And that's the wonderful thing about the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not only uh, the, the resurrecting power, but it is the teacher of our life, the comforter of our life. It instructs us. It tells us. It helps us to know how we should live and what we should do. We are convicted by the Holy Ghost within us. When you go to do something you shouldn't do or say something you shouldn't say, and you feel that pull of the Spirit back, amen, that's the Holy Ghost convicting us, teaching us how we should live. Everybody needs a Holy Ghost. Amen. Yet still, with the Holy Ghost in our life, it takes a made-up mind. Uh, that's just simply the truth. Practical Christianity. It takes a made-up mind. Uh, a determination and desire that we are going to think right, that we are going to talk right, and we then will do right. Now look at this. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it. I love this verse. That as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according that man hath, that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. Simply stated, this works on, look at this, this works, this verse works on every level. Paul was talking about giving here and how we should give and how we have to give. Um, but this works on every aspect of our life, uh, in every relationship of our life. Uh, our lifestyles, our, our love, our giving, our thoughts, our talk, our actions, everything, this will work. We need a willing mind. And when we have a willing mind, there must be the performance uh, or the completion of that which we have determined by that willing mind. We make up our mind, everybody, we make up our mind, we're going to live for God. We make up our mind, we're going to change. We make up our mind, we're going we're to be different. And then we do it. Now, there's not a magic equation to that. There's not some a button that you push and it's all said and done. It just takes sheer determination sometimes that even in the face of adversity and opposition, there's that willing mind that we're going to act on and we're going to live for God. And we're going to do the right thing. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, look at this. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Whatever you do, whatever you do, word, deed, talk, action, the result of what has been in our mind and heart, everything that we do, the Word said, we do it in the name of the Lord. Now that's a sobering thing when you look at this verse. Everything is to be done in the name of the Lord. So the question must be asked to ourselves, is what we are thinking, is what we are saying, and what we are doing, 
Is it something that we want the name of Jesus attached to? Now, when we look at it in, in, through that lens, when we look at this verse through that lens, it sobers us to understand, is what I'm saying, is what I'm thinking, first of all. If God were to, to take inventory of my thoughts, and he knows, if God were to take inventory of my words, and ultimately the actions that are as a result of the thought and the word in my life, would I want the name of Jesus attached to those thoughts, attached to those words, and attached to those actions. Now, I know I'm not gonna get a lot of amens out of that because that just makes us really uncomfortable, doesn't it? You know that person you beeped at today? Did you beep? You know that, you know that, that thing you wanted to say, that thought in your mind, or maybe that, let me go a little bit further, maybe that thing you in fact did. Do we want that attached? Do we want that attached to the name of Jesus and the name of Jesus attached to that? Well, if I understand the word correctly, Everything that we do, we do in the name of the Lord. Would it bring honor to him? Would it please him? Would we want him to know that is how we feel about him? That's what we think about his name? Because that is what it says just a few verses later, and we'll talk about that here in a second. Now, now look at the verses that follow this command. This is immediately on the heels of what he just said, and see where and what he's addressing. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Okay, look at it. Wives, husbands, children, parents, fathers, servants. He was addressing first, after this verse we just read it there uh, in the beginning of it, 17, he then begins to address the home. Um, he begins to address the household. The father, the mother, the wife, the husband, the child, the servant, uh, the household, everybody that's under the roof. He begins to address that. Um, it, it is always, all and always, it begins in the home. It begins in the home. It is the place where our heart and soul rest. So it is where we are most vulnerable. Everybody get this tonight. It always begins in the home. How we conduct our life and our thoughts and our words and ultimate actions always starts at home because it is the place that we are at rest and it is the place that we are the most vulnerable. That's why he says he gives his beloved rest or sleep because we are vulnerable. It is most, it is, think about it, when you go home tonight, you lock your door. Why are, you locking, why are we locking our doors? Because we recognize we are at that point most vulnerable to invasion or intrusion. And so we lock the door to do our best to keep things out. Is when we're home, when we are the most vulnerable. And so he's addressing the home here, the household, and he's saying uh, all these things need to be put in their proper order and place. In our relationships and marriages and parenting and living, the place where we let down our guard and can be comfortable, yet also the most unguarded. He's saying that's where it's got to start. You've got to start doing everything in the name of the Lord there, and then ultimately the thought process 
in the mind, the words that are spoken there, and ultimately the actions of our life find their way outside the door. It's the place we grow from. It is not just the place we go from, it is the place we grow from. And I'm going to say something here that might step on the theology of many people, but in our present culture and day, in regards to churches, it must be that we understand more that there needs to be a revival in our homes than, than in the church. Because we have delegated to the church, but not submitted the home. And we've got it backwards. When what needs to be, it starts in the home, and it runs over to the church. And then from the church, it goes to the community. Why did he say that in Deuteronomy, when you rise up, when you sit down? Amen. He wasn't talking about in the church necessarily. He was talking about when you walk in and out of the doorpost, you bind it on the doorpost. You put it as frontal between your eyes. You rise up. He was talking about the kids. We talk, we teach it. We live it. We believe it. Why? Because it starts in the home and then it goes to the church. We've got to get that structure right. Amen. In our relationships, in our marriages, in our parenting, our living, the, the place where we, in our households, where we let down our guard is where we are the most vulnerable. And we invite things in and we forget that, the, that sometimes what we are inviting in or allowing in is changing the thought proce process in our mind because we're entertaining it because we feel comfortable. And because we feel comfortable, ultimately it gets in there, it cultivates, and we get to speak those things. And as we speak those things, they become the actions in our life that we live out. What we do out in the world in the name of the Lord or here in the church in the name of the Lord Jesus first begins in the, in the home. If we're going to be doing things in the name of the Lord Jesus as unto the Lord, then we need to understand that it first starts in the home. That it first starts where we are most comfortable, where we are most vulnerable, where we are unguarded at times. And it's not to say that we need to walk around on pins and needles being holy and spiritual and somehow uh, that we're just floating a little six inches off the floor because we're just better than everybody else. No, but there are practical things that we can put in place and play in our life that will make us be better Christians and will make our homes, homes more dedicated. Amen. If we skip the home and only leave our religion and our relationship with God to be only here at the church, then we are out of cadence. We're out of step. We are out of rhythm. If we're just letting our relationship with God be solely right here on the pew around other people, it, where we are accountable, in other words, it should, if I could word it this way, and this is probably not the best way to word it, but you'll understand what I'm saying. Our relationship with God should be where we feel unaccountable where we're outside, the view and earshot of other people. It should be starting uh, when we shut the door and lock it, when we are just who we are, if you would. Because it should be that we are who we are there and we are who we are here and out in the world. If we skip the home and, and, and leave our religion and our relationship just only here, then we're out of step. The, the metronome of, of, of the spirit is, is not followed and, and and we are off and we are out of order. Everybody knows what a metronome is. You see those little things back and forth on a piano that keeps the rhythm. And t t t t it's, it's the click track of our modern day. And it, it, there's one that works in the spirit. Why? That's the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. They are ordered of the Lord not just in, in placement, but they are ordered of the Lord in tempo. Our tempo and the spirit must be right. We must be submitted to the rhythm of the Spirit, the way that God wants us to live. God must be first in our home to be first in our thoughts and talk and ultimately the actions everywhere else. I really believe what I'm telling you. Yeah, 
We need a revival in the home. I know we, talk, we had uh, the House of God builds for two weeks this month, and we talked about it. Amen. Let me just tie this, this last Wednesday of, of November up here by saying, if we're going to have revival, we need revival in our homes. If we're going to be praying here, we need to be praying at home. Now, I recognize you can get the fire started here and, and uh, some things can be ignited, amen, but don't let it die out when you go out the door. It needs to be carried to where we live, to where we talk, to what we listen to, and what we watch, and how we live our life there so that it can be lived out there. Amen. He must be first. When, when we have the Holy Ghost, we have God for us. So God is, everybody hear me, God is for our marriages, he's for our homes, he's for our parenting, he's for our children, uh, for, the, for our lives to be fulfilling and thriving. God is not looking, I hope this gets recorded, God is not looking to make this difficult on us. God wants us to thrive. He wants you to thrive in your relationship with him. He wants you to thrive in your life. He wants you to be blessed. God wants you to be blessed. God doesn't want you walking around all the time depressed and defeated. God doesn't want you uh, living your life that people dread to see you coming. Amen. God wants you to be blessed. And he wants your home blessed and your, your kid's life blessed and, and to be successful and be fulfilled and to thrive and not just survive, but to thrive. We simply have to determine to make the thought process of our home determine the words and the actions that we speak as a witness and a glory to Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. We determine that. We determine it by, by not the way we feel, but by what we know and who we know. Everybody say amen. amen. And whatsoever you do, uh, do it hardly as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing, knowing that the Lord knowing that, the, that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Everybody hear this. You serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive of the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect to persons. Whatever we do, we do it as to the Lord. Our thoughts, our talk, our actions, the deeds we do, the life we live, the work we do, the friendships that we have, all and everything is to be done as to the Lord. Amen. We are living, we are working as to the Lord. We are going about our job, going about our school, going about our life as to the Lord. We're living it as if we are doing it all, and we are, for the Lord. Because we are, we are to know that it is all from Him to begin with. All good and perfect things uh, for those of you that are on U-verse and all good and perfect things, it was the scripture today, I believe, uh, come from the Father above, the Father of lights, in whom there is neither variableness nor shadow of turning. Every perfect gift, everything comes from God. All things were created by him and for him, and without anything, without him was anything made. Um, we were created for his good pleasure. Amen. Everything it comes from God. And, and, and so we're to know that, that everything is from him, so we live everything to him. And, and that we will receive the reward. In other words... Everybody hear this. We're going to answer to God. Yep. Not them. Not the world. Not its ways to please them, but him, Jesus. That is who we are rewarded by. Either life eternal in heaven or torment eternal in the lake of fire. Um, it starts with making a difference in, in how we think. Uh, I really believe this. And, and I'm not a... You know this. I'm not a name it, claim it kind of preacher. You know what I'm talking about? That, uh, and, uh, that you just speak it out and you're going to get it. 
Well, you can say it all day long, but you're still going to have to work after it. That's just the truth, right? I want a million dollars. Good for you. You know, doesn't, um, doesn't cancel out the journey from point A to point B and the work in between. Uh, and, and, and so the, the truth of the matter is, how we live for God, how we live victoriously, it, it, it's just about the, the way we think. It's where we put our mind. It's what we're going to determine. I, I thought about it this morning. I, I, I woke up and I thought, God, I'm going to put my mind where it needs to be. Now, you may not wake up and think about anything but, you know, sunshine and roses, and that may be the way you are. God bless you if you're wired that way. I am not wired that way. I cannot, I am wired in the way that I cannot lay there in bed and think about it. Anybody? Anybody else that way? I cannot lay there and go over it in my mind because it'll go a million miles away. I got to get up and I got to get moving. So I, I woke up this morning and I, and I, I thought, okay, this is where I'm going to put my mind. I'm going to put my mind on the goodness and the greatness of God. I'm going to think about that I have another day to live, another day to live for him, another day to do it right to choose my words, and then ultimately my actions correctly. What we are thinking on and about and, and, and then the talk that will follow, the goodness of God will be spoken and heard when the thoughts are stayed on him and led by him, and then the actions will follow. They will be a natural response to a life that is centered on God. When we are focused on God, we will have thoughts that we think that become the words that we speak and the actions in our life because we will give an account for every idle word, the Bible says. And we will give an account for the deeds done in our body. So can I tell you today, amen, that every one of us, we have a chance to get it right. And God wants us to get it right. And that's the wonderful thing about it. He's not trying to make it difficult. He's given us every provision in our life to do the right thing, to think on the right thing, to speak the right thing, and to act on the right thing. God, help us to just have practical Christianity that we determine every day this is the way we're going to live. Because can I tell you, it has its reward in heaven but it also has its reward here on earth. It is the reward within itself to know that we have done the will of God. Amen. That we have just obeyed the word of God and the will of God and we have put it into action and we are the better because of it and people that we encounter are the better because of it. And they don't see us, but they see Jesus ultimately in us. Amen. I'm thankful for that. I want to live my life as to the Lord and let our lives be lived out that way for him. Would you stand and would you just magnify the Lord with me and would you pray right now, God, help my thoughts to be on you and to God, on to godly things and, and that God let my words that follow my thoughts lead me uh, to the actions of my life that I might please you because God, by the help of the Holy Ghost, I can be disciplined and I can be the person that you want me to be for your glory, Jesus, that I might be saved and others might see you through me and they might be saved as well. I thank you, God, that you are a God of holiness and righteousness and goodness and mercy and grace. And so help me, Lord, to speak those things, the goodness of who you are, the grace of who you are, the life of who you are. And I pray it for everybody in this place tonight. God, help us to not be weary in well-doing, because in due season we'll reap if we faint not. And help us to be reminded, Lord, that there's a purpose in all of this. For your glory, for our good, but for your glory. Thank you, God, that you love us so. That you would give us your word and your life, the Holy Ghost, that we might live by. Your name, God, that we might be called by. Your blood that we might be saved by. Hallelujah. To you be glory and honor, God. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. 
To God be the glory. Would you clap your hands and praise to God? Give him an ovation. You're so good, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I want to please the Lord, don't you? In Jesus' name. I love you. I'm looking forward to Sunday. Come expect great things. Bring somebody with you. In Jesus' name. Men, help us to break down these tables and chairs over there real quick in, in the gym. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you Sunday. Amen. Greet your brothers and sisters in the name of the Lord tonight. Amen.